Hello and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodman, your host. We're here today at the Salt Lake City FanX convention in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm here with a very special guest we haven't seen sometime, Mr. Brian C. Hales. Welcome, yes. Brian. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, you were uh, a winner back in 2002 uh, with the Illustrators of the Future contest. And uh, you did two illustrations in that, in that book. I did, yeah. I was, uh, I was two years into college, and uh, I heard about the contest and entered. And that's back in the days when uh, the winning illustrations were black and white. So yeah. uh, I, I think I entered a series of uh, maidens and dragons that I had done. And uh, yeah, I was happy to win the contest and fly out to Hollywood. Absolutely. And then who was, the, it was, uh, was Kelly Freeze there? He was delivering the workshop? Yeah, Kelly Fries and uh, Sergei Piorkov was one of, uh, yeah. one of the judges running the uh, yeah. workshop for us. And uh, yeah, it was a great volume, great, you know, great yes. judges out there. Okay, great. So now, what I'd like to talk about is like how you, you know, your, your arc to becoming like a professional artist, because a lot of people who are listening to this are aspiring artists, and so they're interested in to hear other people, what they did and how to do it. Uh-huh. So um, anyway, so when you started, you were originally, you were a, a twinkle in the star for your parents, <laughs> and then you arrived, and then what happened? Yeah, you know, I, I always knew I wanted to be an illustrator. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think I've ever questioned that. I was sort of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes, yeah. you know, the intrepid spaceman Spiff, imagining myself with dinosaurs and dragons. And uh, when I was uh, 13, there was a contest to design a U.S. postage stamp. Yeah. Uh, it was put on by McDonald's and the Postal Service, the U.S. Yeah. Postal Service. And uh, I was one of two winners out of Utah, and then they chose four winners out of the nation, and there was 300,000 entries. Wow. And so when I was 13, I got that sort of taste. You know, they flew my family to Washington, D.C. a couple of times, and we were supposed to meet the president, but it was the, the day we landed was the same day as the Oklahoma City bombing. So oh, no. <laughs> we got a tour of the White House and meet the Postmaster General and all that. But it sort of gave me this taste for, you know, the art contests, and, and then I heard about Illustrators of the Future a few years later. Uh, you know, when I was in college, and uh, yeah, I was like, this is a great opportunity, you know. Um, the way you guys have this set up is mm -hmm. just, it's perfect for young artists. You know, a lot of, lot of young artists don't have a lot of money and resources. Yeah. And so to come into the industry and uh, make an impression, you know, it's a great opportunity. So. And since then, now we've gone everything digital online that you can, you can upload. So even if you, right. if you really are the starving artist and can't afford making copies and postage, you don't even it's need to even do that anymore. Now. It's even easier yeah. now. Yeah. Right. The barriers to entry are much less. Yes. Yeah. So any particular um, memories you've got from that week in, in uh, was it in Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Ron and Val Lindon ran the uh, actual workshop, right. you know, and they had, of course, all the other judges that come in and do make special appearances. And uh, I remember just soaking it all up. I mean, yeah. You know, a lot of this stuff um, I had read in books, you know, by Andrew Loomis and Bern Hogarth as I was studying anatomy and all the basics. Um, but uh, it's kind of more the business side that I didn't know anything about. Yeah. You know, you so, you so you're a great artist. That's only half of it, right? You have to yeah. know how to market yourself. You have to know how to advertise and make connections. And uh, so the business side was, a, was kind of a crucial part that I, I had no idea about. Yeah. Um, and so during the workshop, you know, we covered a lot of that stuff as well, which was pretty helpful. That's awesome. So now, yeah. over the last 17 years now, so you've had quite a, a stellar rise as, a, as an artist. So 
Talk about like what's what's happened now since winning. Yeah, since I won, I uh, I have written uh, and illustrated a few graphic novels: uh, Dragon's Gate, Devil's Triangle, um, some children's books, uh, Skeleton Play, Don't Go Near the Crocodile Ponds, yeah. and uh, actually just here at Fan X, I'm uh, just releasing my new spy thriller. It's a fully illustrated novel, and uh, sort of. Uh, James Bond with a female protagonist, but she goes up against the uh, International Central Bank. So, oh, wow. Uh, sort of the man behind the curtain and uh, shows the world their true colors. So, yeah, a lot of fun projects, and I've got another few uh, novels and children's books in the queue already. So, oh, that's awesome. I just love writing and illustrating stories. <laughs> so now you're, 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 you illustrate your own stories now. So you don't team up with somebody else, you team up with yourself. Yeah, I mean, besides these personal projects that I've mentioned, I've also illustrated a bunch of books for American Girl. Yeah. And uh, Arcana Studios, I did one called Continuum, which was optioned by New Line Cinema. And uh, dozens and dozens of book covers and other art artistic projects. So I've been really busy, yeah. if you can't tell. <laughs> yes, I can definitely tell. <laughs> so now with um, the aspiring illustrator, so it's, you know, somebody wants to have a career as, as an artist. Um, Things have evolved and changed since you originally got your break in, which is what different than when Kelly Freeze and Val and Don started, even way earlier than that. Right. So what what would you say like are some really key um, from your perspective tips of like for aspiring artists, what to expect and what not to fall prey to? Yeah, well I mean starting out, it really comes down to uh, your skill set. You know, you can't skip over the basics and the fundamentals. Uh -huh. um, just like in anything, you know, you can't go into uh, expect to play in an NBA All-Star game if you don't know how to dribble or pass the ball or, you know, play with your team. So, um, you got you got to still have those basics. Um, yeah. you know, the human anatomy, animal anatomy, composition, lighting, balance all that stuff, you can't skip that. Right. You know, people recognize an amateur from a professional and you have to get past that, that first barrier of just learning those basics. Um, once you've done that, you know, it's, it's all about learning the market. Um, there's an art market. There's such a thing as supply and demand. Yeah. And that's, that doesn't change for artists. You know, you gotta figure out, you know, what's selling and what people are buying, but you also have to stay true to your passion. You know, you have to do what you wanna do and you have to do the style that you're best at and uh, you know, build an impressive portfolio because right. we know the world we live in has a lot of competition and you have to stand out from the crowd. So, so that's excellent advice there. So now with respect to someone who's starting out, you know, they're gonna have, one of the things that com is common is you know, just giving up. They're just like, well, nobody likes me anymore. I'm not able to, you know, I don't have what it takes. And you know, he said no, so I'm a failure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would suggest growing a thick skin as you're an emerging artist. Um, be open and uh, welcome critique um, because it only improves your art. Uh -huh. uh, as I was growing up, you know, in my teen years, uh, believe it or not, my toughest critic was my mother. <laughs> and uh, she had taught sculpture at the Academy of Art in San Francisco for 12 years. Yeah, so, um, you know, most mothers and grandmas praise their kids' artwork, right? Yeah. Oh, honey, that's so great. It's so beautiful. You're such a great little artist. Uh, my mom was uh, telling me, you know, the anatomy is wrong here. You can adjust this. <laughs> you know, where's your light source? Where are your shadows? And uh, she was helping me to improve that way. And it, it might have been, as a young kid, you know, that might have hurt my feelings a little bit, but I started to actually appreciate that. Yeah. And so when I got into those college critique classes and portfolio reviews, you know, some, while some students would run out crying because their feelings were hurt, you know, I was soaking it in and saying, what can I do to make this better, you know, so. 
<laughs> you already had. Uh, I had been through it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So on the, um, the importance, is portfolios still something that's of value? Having a portfolio to sell yourself? Oh, I think so. I think definitely. Um, the thing is with, the, with an art career, people don't really care what degree you have. They don't care how much schooling you've received. They want to see your stuff. Yeah. You know, because uh, they're looking to make some money and, you know, great imagery can sell a book. Right. Right. Or it can, uh, it can sell a, I mean, if a great cover can sell sure, a film, sure. whatever it is. Um, and so they just want to see that you're going to be able to make them money with your amazing imagery. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I would say portfolio is actually key um, because if you don't have a great portfolio, you know, what do they have to, to hire you on? Uh, you know, they're not going to hire you because you have a doctorate degree. You know. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you do varying portfolios so, like, so that you tailor your portfolio to, if you're going to go meet with someone, with an with art director, like, okay, so it's important to do homework of who it is that you're going to go see and then tailor a portfolio to that art director? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you want to work for Blizzard or Wizards of the Coast, you have to see what they're publishing and you have to, you know, you have to bring your work up to that level and you're in not that, into that Disney style. piece of art to see right. Blizzard. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to apply at uh, you know a Disney video game company, you know you want to see what they're what they're producing, yeah. and make sure your stuff matches pretty closely. But um, like I was saying before, you also have to stay true to your passion and the style that you're best at. Uh -huh. And so um, you know if you want to do children's books and that's all you want to do, then you have to make sure that your style of children's books is something that will sell. And um, you know every once in a while you'll get somebody that comes into a business like Alex Ross. Uh, who's a comic artist, yeah. and he was working in watercolor, but there were no, you know, comics being published with watercolor covers, Yeah. right? And, uh, or you know, gouache. You know, sometimes you'll have these great artists and their, their, their work is so amazing that they can break in. They can show people that there's a market for this, yeah. you know, even if it doesn't currently exist. So, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to do fantasy book covers, but you don't work in digital paint or oils, you know, let's say you work in acrylics or something. You don't see a lot of book covers being done in acrylic or watercolor. Anymore, no. But if your stuff is so amazing, you know, that you can convince a publisher to take it um, and sell it, um, more, more importantly, <laughs> um, you know, you can break yeah. in. So it, it really comes down to your skill level first, but then, yeah, style and genre may be secondary, I would say. Okay, good. The value of a contest like Illustrated the Future today, you know, because with the constantly changing and evolving marketplace, what do you see as, a, as the value of, of this contest? Yeah, I would say uh, validation is a big part of it, and uh, stepping stone. Yeah. The uh, the learning from the of course from the workshop. Yeah. I mean, world class artists teaching you for a week one on one, looking at your portfolio, telling you what you need to do. You know, that's invaluable, obviously. Uh, and then the, of course the great awards ceremony at the end. You know, I described it back in 2002 after having experienced it yeah. uh, as the Academy Awards for writers and illustrators. And I can't think of anything really like that anywhere yeah. else in the world um, where writers and artists receive that kind of recognition you know, and attention right. and uh, exposure as well. So. All right, so then the value of the, so anything else on the value of Illustrates? Like um, you said, the, the validation that, that you get and then working with these, with these world-renowned artists. Right. Um, now, with the writer side, it's important, you know, that one of the things that the judges say, the, the deadlines, the, is that an important thing for an illustrator to, to be able to acquire the ability to, to make a deadline? Oh, yeah. Um, it's kind of one of those things where, 
you know, you have to be a great artist and you have to meet your deadlines and you have to be good to work with. You can usually get away with two of the three, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're a really great artist um, and you meet your deadlines but you're hard to work with, you know, they might, they might be okay. But for new artists, you really want to hit all three, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to be easy to work with, be great, and meet your deadlines. That's, uh, and that is one thing you learn with uh, illustrators of the future as well. Um, the winning illustrators get to illustrate the uh, winning stories in the anthology, yeah. and uh, it's very professional. You know, you're paid professionally, yeah. and uh, you you expect to meet your deadlines like a professional. So, yeah, Bob Eggleton gave a story like he was um, he was a, a go-to. He became a go-to guy for book covers and magazine covers because sometimes they'd go to hire someone else to do it, and then they wouldn't have it ready in time. And so he get a call on Fridays and said, yeah. I need this cover here, I need it by Monday. Yeah. And he became the guy that they could go to and he would do that. And yeah. it was a major boost to his career. And obviously being very personable, you know, helped a lot from what you're saying is one of the three characteristics, being good, make deadlines. Yes, it's a mean thing to put a studio or a publisher through not meeting your deadlines because it can be stressful. <laughs> yeah. They have deadlines to meet just like you do. So, yeah, if you're holding everybody else on the team up, you know, it's not a good thing. And you probably it, won't get hired again. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not a good <laughs> career move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. So, um, so if someone wants to find out more about you, how do, how do they find you? So, uh, well, I'm here at FenX, booth 530, but I guess we're just about to wrap this yes. up. Uh, but no, I have a, uh, a website. It's my last name, HalesArt.com. It's H-A-I-L-E-S, Art.com. And uh, I also do this uh, sort of art contest for kids. It's called Draw It With Me. And so uh, you can go to DrawItWithMe.com, and I have an Instagram, uh, which is at DrawItWithMeOfficial. So you can check my stuff out there. Great, thanks. <laughs> and if somebody wants to hire you to do art for them, is that something you do as well? Uh-huh, yep, I do client work as well. Um, a lot of uh, studios and publishers and stuff, but I also do a lot of indie author covers and things like that. So, so your specialty then is? I would say my specialty is writing and illustrating uh, novels, graphic novels, and children's books. And the type of art is then? Yeah. So I do a lot of sci fantasy and sci-fi. Uh, digital painting is the kind of the style, uh, depending on the project. But I do a lot of interior art for books and children's books as well. Right. So. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much, Brian. And thank you very much for listening to the Writers of Future podcast here in Salt Lake City. Writers of Future is a contest that was created by Owen Hubbard in 1983 to provide that helping hand for the aspiring writer and artist. And so we've just interviewed uh, with Brian. So again, thank you very much, Brian, for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Subscribe to Writers of the Future, which is available on almost any platform for podcasts. Thank you very much.